Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning, with your host, Gordon Deal. The U.S. shall respond. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray. On this Monday, January 29th, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. President Biden says retaliation for a deadly drone strike on U.S. troops in Jordan will come at a time and in a manner of our choosing. How might Washington respond? A retired Army colonel says it's time to strike inside Iran. We'll have analysis. On the weather front, the West is bracing for flooding from a Pineapple Express this week from Washington State to San Diego. And the dirty politics facing Republican presidential hopeful Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina. Right now, she's got this added angle of the state's reputation for dirty tricks. And in, in a CNN appearance recently, the state's Republican chair all but threatened her that she was going to face these sorts of sliming, you know, these sorts of dirty trick attacks Dan if she Mar- doesn't pull out. Dan Morrison at USA Today on what's ahead for Haley. Plus, hear how she dealt with Trump interrupters at his speech last night in Myrtle Beach. The first American troops have been killed since the start of the Israeli-Hamas war in Gaza. Three U.S. service members died and nearly three dozen others were injured yesterday when a drone struck a base in northeast Jordan. The attack took place at Tower 22, as it's called, a small outpost near the Syria border. The drone struck living quarters for the troops who were involved in the advise and assist mission for Jordanian forces. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, C.Q. Brown, responded to criticism that the U.S. is not being tough enough. We think about the uh, approach we take. We want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces. At the same time, not have this brought in, into, a, uh, into a, a much wider conflict. He was on ABC's This Week. President Biden says the U.S. shall respond. Biden blamed Iran-backed militias, although the precise group responsible has not been identified. Iran-backed fighters in East Syria have reportedly begun evacuating their posts, fearing U.S. airstrikes. Of the 34 injuries, by the way, eight were flown from Jordan for follow-up care. They're said to be in stable condition. Is the U.S. now at war in the Middle East? And what's our next move? In-depth analysis from Joe Pacino, national security expert and retired U.S. Army colonel. Colonel, summarize where we are. We've been in, Gordon, a low-grade war with Iran for about nine weeks. And it's the kind of war that Iran wants to fight, okay? They've subcontracted all the fighting to these Shia groups, like the one that uh, that struck our troops in Jordan. And the way we've been handling this, it's like a game of checkers that neither side could really win, okay? So it's like they make a move, they strike our troops or one of our bases, we make a move, we hit basically an empty building, in Iraq or Syria, and it goes back and forth like that because we're not really able to stop them from these attacks the way we've been doing it. So that's what you've got. You know, uh, tragically, um, I anticipated this was going to happen. I I, uh, predicted this was going to happen, and, you know, really right now all of our thoughts are with those three soldiers and their fellow troops and their families. Your advice to the Biden administration might be what, Colonel, if you were called on here? Well, my advice is the same, has been consistent. Back in December 6th, I wrote an op-ed. The headline was, the title was, To Protect U.S. Troops, America Must Strike Inside of Iran. 
that my, my advice has not changed. In order to stop this, in order to stop these groups from hitting at our soldiers, similarly, in order to, to stop the Houthis from hitting at commercial vessels in the Red Sea, we've got to make Iran feel pain. We've got to hit inside of Iran and demonstrate that we have the will to hurt Iran, hurt the things that they actually care about. And then attacking who or what, I guess, in Iran? So there's bases, the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps, IRGC. This is the Ayatollah's personal army. You can strike their bases when they're mostly empty. You can hit their oil platforms. You can hit their naval assets in the Red Sea or the Arabian Gulf. You know, they've got uh, a very, very old fleet uh, in the Arabian Gulf. You sink uh, some of those ships, and you sent the message. So really, the, the message you've got to send is that we have the will, not just the capability, because everybody knows we, we have the firepower, but the will to make Iran feel this kind of pain. We're speaking with Joe Pacino, national security expert, retired U.S. Army colonel. We're talking about the deadly drone strike on U.S. troops in Jordan, where also a couple of dozen were injured. Uh, will we do that I anticipate that we will. I will say that, you know, as, as we're uh, talking right now and as this is airing, um, you know, if we don't do it by Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, we won't do it. What I've seen, you know, when I was in U.S. Central Command is with this administration, if they don't take this kind of action within 48 hours, they talk themselves out of it. And so, and also, if you don't do it within three days, you lose the deterrence effect. You lose the the, the effect of, of shaking a fist at Iran. Okay. I think we will, but I don't really know. Finish up, if you would. You referenced early on that we are now in a low-grade war with Iran. Uh, would you call this another Middle East war for the United States? Look, I mean, they're they're attacking us with rockets. We're attacking them back. They've killed American soldiers. What else would you call it? You know, the um, Pentagon press spokesman was asked about my comments. Uh, I called this a low-grade war, and, and uh, they were asked at a press briefing about me and my comments, and they said, well, that's not, uh, we, that's not true. We're not really in war. I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, you know, you can't downplay it. Uh, they're firing rockets at us. We're dropping bombs on them. Um, you know, they've just pushed all the fighting to these... Shia groups, we've got to take the fight to them. Um, you know, we've got to realize we are in a war with Iran, and we've got to end it. Thanks, Colonel. Joe Pacino, national security expert and retired U.S. Army colonel. Bipartisan negotiators in Congress say they're close to a deal with the Biden administration on a measure that would enact sweeping new border controls. Components of the deal include a new authority, that allows the president to shut down the border between ports of entry when unlawful crossings reach high levels, reforming the asylum system to resolve cases in a shorter time frame, and expediting work permits. Oklahoma Republican Senator James Langford on Fox News. It is our constitutional obligation to be able to secure our country as fast as we can secure our country. This puts in mandatory pieces that haven't been there in the past to make this administration actually enforce the law. The agreement is tied to funding for Ukraine. The bill is designed to reduce the unprecedented levels of illegal crossings recorded along the southern border in the past three years. Any immigration proposal 
though, would face an uphill battle in the House, where Speaker Mike Johnson and other conservative lawmakers have pushed for even stricter changes to the asylum system. Ever feel like your finance software just isn't cutting it anymore? I say dump it. Hey, it's Gordon Deal, here to tell you about Ramp. It's the financial software you need to manage your expenses and avoid unnecessary work. You see, Ramp is more than a corporate card. It's a spending management software. It'll save you time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives your finance teams control and insight. You can issue a card to each employee with specific limits and automated expense reports. Ramp will systematically collect receipts and categorize expenses in real time. Just go to ramp.com slash Gordon. No more chasing down receipts or long hours on reports. Businesses using Ramp save an average of 5% in their first year and now get $250 when you join Ramp. Ramp.com slash Gordon. That's R-A-M-P dot com slash Gordon. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Get $250 when you join Ramp. Ramp.com slash Gordon. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. It's going to be another soaking wet week on the West Coast thanks to the latest Pineapple Express. We get more from this morning's Mike Gavin. Some coastal ranges in California could see as much as 8 inches of rain before the end of the week, with parts of Los Angeles and San Diego in line for more flooding. The Pineapple Express is an atmospheric river of moisture that starts near Hawaii and then blasts the west coast. That system can carry up to 15 inches of rain. Rain will first soak Washington and Oregon earlier this week, then 5 to 8 inches could hit the San Francisco Bay Area. By Thursday, Southern California is on notice. The Sierra Nevada could get up to 3 feet of snow. Gordon. Thank you, Mike. The system is warm, by the way, so forecasters in the area don't expect snow. The National Weather Service in Seattle calls for the possibility of record warmth through tomorrow. Any rain will add to the already saturated ground the area has previously seen, so river levels will be on the rise and some flooding is possible along with a landslide risk. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. President Biden says the U.S. shall respond after three American troops were killed and dozens injured from an overnight drone attack on a base in Jordan over the weekend. These are the first American deaths since the start of Israel's war with Hamas. Officials say the attack was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. Chairman of the Joint's Chief of Staff, General C.Q. Brown on ABC. Do they want a broader conflict? Do you want us in a full-scale war? Um, and that's the goal is to uh, deter them. And we don't want to go down a path of greater escalation that uh, drives to a much broader conflict. Within the, region. the U.S. Central Command said eight of the injured personnel were evacuated to receive higher level of care and are stable. Number two. A Philadelphia teen murder suspect who escaped while being transported to a hospital last week is back in custody. Police say 17-year-old Shane Pryor was recaptured by law enforcement while aboard a public transit bus. U.S. Marshal Rob Clark. Our goal was to shrink his world, cut his resources off, and arrest associates. And that's exactly what we accomplished tonight. Pryor is still awaiting a trial on a 2020 murder charge. Number three. One passenger and five flight attendants were injured when an American Airlines flight made a hard landing in Hawaii on Saturday. The six people wounded were transported to a local hospital and have since been released. American Airlines issued a statement revealing the plane has been taken out of service for inspections. 
Florida's House has passed a bill that would make it illegal for children 16 and under to own a social media account, regardless of parental approval. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, however, said this new law could violate the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Opposers also say children may miss out on the opportunity to learn digital skills and the law may be violating parental rights. The Kansas City Chiefs were victorious against the Baltimore Ravens with a 17-0 win. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes after the victory. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like losing any any games. So every loss, I feel like, is tough. We always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset. And Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building. And no one hung their head, and everybody was ready to go. And now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done. The San Francisco 49ers defeated the Detroit Lions in a 34-31 victory. The 49ers and the Chiefs will face off in the Super Bowl. Championship DNA. Thank you, Nicole. Tax filing season starts today. Here's what to expect from Andrew Keshner. The tax guy at Market Watch, Andy. What should we know? What we should know is, last year one one of the one of the big issues is so big that in fact the IRS flagged it to people was, hey, your refund might be down year over year. But this year, talking to people, um, they no one is expecting any sort of big picture tax law changes that would push your refund down year over year this year. So, in other words. It could be flat year over year. It could increase. I mean, that always it always depends on your individual circumstances, but there's nothing big picture that could push a lot of refunds down. So okay. we'll take that. Yeah, I think somebody referred to that as, as like sort of breathing a sigh of relief uh, because of normalcy. Yeah. So this is, yeah, I, I had a, a chance to speak with Jeff Jones, who's the president and CEO of H&R Block, and asked him, you know, what can we expect looking ahead um and um uh he said yeah one thing we can love is that it's a normal year and what he meant by that is is rewind to the pandemic and like filing deadlines were getting pushed back and payment deadlines were getting pushed back because people were in lockdown and the irs was shut down you know that first year and then the next year uh some dates moved around and then in the middle of it all congress passed this um, big legislation with a lot of like tax law changes, especially if you had jobless benefits right after oh, yeah, uh, right. you know March, April 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was all topsy-turvy. And then, you know, and again, this year or the past year, you know, refunds went down. And, and, and this year, it's just uh, kind of a little bit back to normal. And so, I mean, after all the, all the topsy-turviness of it all, I mean, there's something to be loved with a little bit of normalcy, you know, going back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Andy Keshner, the tax guy at Market Watch, kind of previewing the tax season, which begins Monday. Um, what about potential changes here for the child tax credit? I know that's some something that some folks have their eye on. Right. So this is right. So that it, that actually is a you know a little twist and turn that could happen. Uh, but if it does happen, um, it would be a twist and turn that would benefit um, a lot of a lot of households. W- what what's what's going on here is, um, again, after the pandemic, uh, you know, during the pandemic, we uh, Congress really juiced up the child tax credit, made it very very rich. Uh, you know, three thousand uh, for kids six to seventeen, and um, uh, thirty six hundred for uh, children under age six. Um, and then that went away in 2008, you know, after 2021, that went away. Um, 
And there's been a fight ever since to push that credit back up again. And it seems like lawmakers have reached some sort of deal. We'll see if it actually passes where there's going to be business tax breaks, but there's also going to be a slightly more generous child tax credit, um, especially if you're um, uh, lower income. Thanks, Andy. Andrew Keshner, the tax guy at MarketWatch. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount that's ooma.com slash gordon deal your brain's morning workout you're listening to america's first news this morning with gordon deal thanks for spending time with us welcome into monday january 29 gordon deal with nicole murray some of our top stories and headlines u.s vows to respond to a deadly drone strike on troops in jordan senate negotiators and the biden administration near an agreement on immigration reform more severe weather for the West Coast. Wall Street Journal says despite efforts by the Israeli military, as much as 80% of Hamas's tunnel network remains intact. It'll be the Chiefs and the Niners for the Super Bowl. Yannick Sinner of Italy rallied to win the Australian Open over Daniil Medvedev. And the abandoned newborn adopted in Kentucky. That story in about 20 minutes. By the time she made her defiant concession speech in the New Hampshire Republican primary, Donald Trump had already attacked Nikki Haley's Indian ethnicity, called her a patsy for China, and amplified a birther lie that the former South Carolina governor is ineligible to run for president. Now Haley faces what analysts say may be a tsunami of political slime ahead of the primary in her home state. She had hecklers interrupt her remarks last night in Myrtle Beach. Y'all don't let it bother you. That's what Trump does. He does disruption. That's the only way he thinks he can win is by planning people like this. It's a story by Dan Morrison, deputy editor at USA Today. Dan set this up. Trump in his victory speech uh, made fun of her appearance. He called her an imposter and he suggested that she was ripe for some sort of criminal investigation. And this is when he, of course, faces uh, four felony, felony indictments across the country. Why would he float that? Is is there something like that going on? There's no evidence at all that there's anything like that going on. It's it's just the method. And regarding her uh, appearance or ethnicity, he said what? Well, he made fun of her dress, of what she, the dress she was wearing, saying it was a fancy dress and, and not so fancy. But previously, he's been purposefully mangling her, her name, calling her Nimra and Nimbra. Um, these are butcherings of, of her full name, which is Nimrata Nikki Haley. This is to emphasize her Indian ethnicity. So as you say now, things shift to the next really big primary, which is South Carolina, Nikki Haley's home state. And uh, as you point out, and I had no idea, like how vicious the politics there can be. Give some examples, I guess, of of history. So recent examples would be, um, you know, in 2008, when uh, 
John McCain had stunned George W. Bush in the New Hampshire primary, and they, they went down to South Carolina, where voters started receiving push polls, asking them if they would be more or less inclined to vote for John McCain if they knew he had fathered an illegitimate black child. This is, a, this is push polling, the purpose of which is not actually to get an opinion from a voter, but to insert and implant an idea into their, hot, in, into their minds. Mm. What else? has taken place that's well, kind of raised eyebrows of so-called normies in the rest of the country, as somebody said in your story. Sure. So uh, Nikki Haley herself has, has has already endured, you know, buckets of slime in South Carolina. When she first ran for the South Carolina State House, the her district was uh, carpeted in flyers that described her as an Indian Buddhist housekeeper when she was an American Christian um, certified public accountant working for major industries in the state. We're speaking with Dan Morrison, an editor with USA Today in the Washington, D.C. Bureau. He's got a story called Nikki Haley Braces for Home State Dirty Tricks in Trump Fight. Um, as you point out, though, she's won a lot in South Carolina, despite all this. So far, everyone who's tried to uh, attack her for her ethnicity or other reasons in that state has, has been left in the dust by, by Nikki Haley. Right now, with the South Carolina primary coming, she faces a very steep climb. She's got maybe 25% of the support of Republican voters in the state, while Donald Trump has 60% support. The governor is backing Trump. The state's two senators are backing Trump. And I believe five of the six Republican House members are, are backing Trump. It, it's, 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 a, it's a tough road to hoe under any circumstances. Right now, she's got this added angle of the state's reputation for dirty tricks. And in, in a CNN appearance recently, the state's Republican chair all but threatened her that she was going to face these sorts of sliming, you know, these sorts of dirty trick attacks if she doesn't pull out. Jeez. Uh, how does she fight back, Dan? Or, or it, is she? The Haley method has been to just put your chin down, engage with the voters and, and persuade people that, you know, that she is the best candidate. And that, that's worked for her in, uh, in her first House race. It worked for her when she was, you know, a long shot for the governor and ended up winning, winning the governor's mansion. Um, the Republican Party in, in South Carolina, I'm told, is, is, you know, is a different party than it was when she last ran, which was 10 years ago. Um, it, you know, she, she's got a lot of work to do. In, as far as South Carolina goes, it's an open primary. If enough Democrats and independents skip the Democratic primary, they can register and vote in the Republican primary. And that's where her hope lies. There, there, there aren't enough Republicans in the state for her to win. Thanks, Dan. Dan Morrison, deputy editor at USA Today. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. Time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, we've done stories in the past about the ridiculous things people call 911 over. And as it turns out, this is not a uniquely American thing. The ambulance service in Wales and the UK released details about some of the most inappropriate calls to their emergency number. The service said they averaged 188 calls per day last year that turned out not to be emergencies. For example, there was the woman who accidentally got some chili pepper in her eyes, causing them to become watery. Ooh. Staying in the world of food, there was a guy who called in to say he ate too much shish kebab last night and he woke up with a bellyache. 
Another caller reported that a ring was stuck on their finger and needed to be cut off, while another complained that his wife had lost her voice. There was also the caller that was concerned that their hand was stuck in their mailbox and another that was concerned that they may have swallowed their dentures after they went missing. Wow. Yeah, couldn't find them and just assumed that they must be hmm. in his belly. Mm. Yeah. And, and therefore, what, got to be pumped out? Yeah, I don't know Pooped exactly what, like, he, what did he want what them they to want? do exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, I guess he was asking for <laughs> surgery. I don't know how Jeez. else exactly you would get those out in that circumstance. Yeah. 911 calls mm. from Wales. Uh, yes. This yeah, is, apparently they have the same problems we have. 188 a day. That's, uh, that, a, that's a tiny country, Wales. Yeah. To have 188 wacky calls a day is, yeah. is, is a little nuts. I was going to say, let's get back to that number, 188 yeah. <laughs> a day. Yeah, these, these folks are overworked. Wow. Let's, let's leave them be, shall we? And uh, most of us are aware that spilling alcohol is often called a party foul so could wasting pepperoni then be called a pizza party foul this has become an issue ever since a new jersey woman woke up one morning last week to find her home had been vandalized with pepperoni and we're not talking about the paper thin slices you might put on your friday night pizza these were large chunks of pepperoni some of which looked to be nearly an inch thick tossed at the door and car of heather doherty who has no idea why this happened and never had her house vandalized before doherty said her biggest concern is that the grease cured meat could ruin the paint on her car. A local body shop owner confirmed her fears, and a local pizza shop owner was jokingly saddened by the waste of good pepperoni, saying, as an Italian, it hurts the heart. Oh, well. Salami can hurt the heart <clears throat> in more ways than one. That's if you're true. Not careful. Yeah. That's true. I mean, in some ways, it's almost better to have it thrown yeah. at your house than to ingest that much pepperoni. Right. That, it actually gives me angst to know that pepperoni <laughs> was wasted in this way. Yeah. I mean, again, not not the little slices either. I mean, these were these were you know cut. Yeah. These were probably a big log yeah. of pepperoni someone had on their kitchen table and sort of purposefully you know cut it up into these chunks. And uh, for some reason, we have no idea why, tossed it at Heather Doherty's door. Those are the uh, those are the snacks the snack ones. That look really good on a charcuterie board. Right. Right around football time. Right. Accompanied by cheese and crackers and yeah. some olives, probably some peppers. Maybe that's what they were doing, prepping for some football, and uh, instead well, of eating it, decided to, to right. throw it. Odd way to deliver pepperoni, I guess. <laughs> yes. If you call it DoorDash or yes. something. Thank you, Mike. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. Few of us start the day without a to-do list, but they can hurt us as much as they help. For every item checked off, another hits an unexpected obstacle. And two more tasks get added, right? By the end of the day, our to-do list is often longer than it was in the morning, deflating any sense of progress. The Wall Street Journal says taking the opposite tack, a done list, not a to-do list, can give you that burst of motivation that to-do lists sometimes fail to inspire. Diehard practitioners say instead of obsessing over what you still have to do, take an inventory of everything you have already done. The idea is to recognize small wins, no matter how mundane. Together, they can add up to a greater sense of achievement. Some people call them a done list or to done. Another calls it ta-da. Some people are going without one completely. Leadership consultant Jenny Vasquez-Newsom has ditched her daily to-dos since shifting to a done list. Unfinished work tasks preyed on her mind, she said, while she cooked dinner or played 
with her two children. Nine minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Lawmakers are on the verge of striking a deal that would implement stricter border control. The agreement would give President Biden the authority to pause asylum crossing during spikes that exceed 5,000 illegals each day for one week or 8,500 in a single day. CBS News reports a deal could be announced as soon as this week. Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy on CNN. The question is whether Republicans are going to listen to Donald Trump, who wants to preserve chaos at the border because he thinks that it's a winning political issue for him, or whether we are going to pass legislation which would be the biggest bipartisan reform of our border and immigration laws in 40 years. Illegals would also face swift deportation and no longer be able to remain on American soil while requesting asylum. Number two. Two people died and two police officers were injured yesterday afternoon after a shootout in Palm Beach, Florida. Law enforcement were responding to a domestic disturbance call when encountering armed 24-year-old Brandon Capas, who refused to comply with officers' demands. The suspect was killed after an exchange of gunfire. Palm Bay Police Chief Mario Augello. We will not tolerate anybody raising their guns or any type of lethal force or aggression towards our police officers. The two officers are being treated at a local hospital and are expected to survive. Number three. USA Hockey is mandating all players under the age of 18 to wear neck laceration protection gear, and this includes on-ice officials. The rule goes into effect August 1st. The announcement comes three months after American plater Adam Johnson died on the ice after a skate blade cut his neck during a game. The International Ice Hockey Federation has since mandated neck guards for players at all levels at its tournaments. The National Hockey League does not have any similar mandates. The battle with inflation continues. The Daily Mail reports that 15% of millennials aged 26 to 41 are living back home with mom and pop. According to census data, that is 87% higher than 20 years ago. Yeah, that's dumb. that's not some like statistical blip. Right? It'd be different if you said, ah, it's 3 to 4% higher, 87% higher yeah, than I, 20 years ago? I don't know. I th- my mom would kill me if we were under the same roof and I'm sure there's a like I'm sure there's a reason that that number is not even higher mm-hmm. for that, but it's tough out there. Man. Thank you Nicole. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for being with us. A baby boy who was surrendered at a Kentucky fire station nearly two years ago has been officially adopted. 43-year-old Chris Tyler of Louisville told Fox News that the adoption was finalized just before Christmas, which he and his wife Brittany said was a blessing. The couple, who had already adopted two older children, 8-year-old Judah and 5-year-old Calvin, had been hoping for another addition to their family when they heard about Sam. Brittany says they've been struggling with infertility for a long time, adding it's very expensive to go through adoption agencies. So they learned about adopting through foster care and thought that was a great option. It was in May 2022 when firefighters at the Louisville Fire Department found baby Sam, only a few days old, swaddled and placed inside a shoebox outside the firehouse with a note from the mother explaining how she needed help. The Tylers, 
Not only have Sam officially adopted, they are in the process of adopting a fourth child, a baby girl. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.